You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and... What the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. And, wow, we are counting down to November 11th. And, you know, one of the things that I've been doing, you know, we're doing a, a daily Twitter space, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, even if you're listening to there's replay, you know, I do a couple of Twitter spaces a week. So make sure you're following us over uh, iSocialFans with a Z or a Z uh, on it. Um, but I will tell you, you know, I've been, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up season one, um, it's been a little bit, you know, a combination of nostalgia uh you know the idea of not only uh excitement and celebration of where you know the fact that we're we've we've accomplished this amazing goal but it's also been uh a little bit of like kind of uh i don't even know what i don't even know what the term is like i'm being retrospective is that a word i'm uh i'm you know it's reflecting a little bit on you know what is change what is not change or what is journey is all about and you know i've been outlining this episode for a couple of days and you know I've done a, some episodes on influence influencer marketing nft influencers uh mainly because I think for it kind of fits on all sides right if you've never been in a space where influencers can drive a lot of the uh success you know the around you know not only the fact that this market is based on speculation but the fact that Twitter is the uh, primary uh, source of information, um, that, of course, can be a, a new thing for many people. Uh, also, for a lot of people I know, they've never actually felt like they had influence or even cared to sh be influential online. But now, based on maybe the NFTs they hold or the position they've taken or maybe some of the, you know, the right decisions they've made along the way or maybe even just being in the right place at the right time, some of the number of followers they have, they've now... Um, been deemed uh, an influencer. And, you know, the funny thing is, I don't know if anyone realizes this, but episode number one of the podcast. So episode number one, uh, we actually started with episode zero on November 11th, which really got all the days kind of screwed up. But episode one, um, the original title of it was uh, something around like, just because uh, you don't have a board ape yacht club PFP or CryptoPunk doesn't mean that you aren't trustworthy or that person isn't trustworthy. And I know over time I ended up changing it just because it, it seemed very negative, negative, whereas like who to trust or not to trust in the NFT influencer marketing or NFT influence circle. And what's interesting about this is that we are a year in now since I, I did that first episode. And one of the things that I, I really think is profound is that a lot of people uh, are still um, kind of blessed or their, their influence is, is determined or they're still riding the influence that they have based on either the NFT that they hold or maybe the, the couple of NFTs they hold where it gives them access to uh, a bunch of people that kind of bless them as the, you know, who's who in a space. And, you know, I've, I've actually asked this question to some friends of mine now that I've been building relationships with. And I asked them things like, you know, why does everyone, when they say this topic, mention this one person when really we know that person hasn't delivered much or hasn't really, uh, you know, you know, you know, delivered on what they said they're going to deliver. And, 
And the interesting, you know, the more I dive into it, a lot of it is that people don't really do their new research on new people. And so if someone is determined to be the the best of the best when it comes to creating an NFT community for finding jobs, um, and they find one person that is in that in that vehicle, and that's not really a space they care too much about uh, as a whole. Why would they they like find who the second best expert is, or the third best expert, or even do their own damn research on who that person is? And so for this episode, I wanted to take it in a, in a way, and and hopefully you're you're going to enjoy this. You know, I I've been very blessed. You know, most of my career, uh, especially actually all of my career as an entrepreneur, has been around. Um, generating revenue as an influencer. Um, not only you know my my you know my primary source of revenue has been being a keynote speaker, um, but along with that has been through content creation. Everything from Google Plus to live video. You know a lot of the brands I worked with from uh, the UFC to Applebee's to SAP, IBM, Dell. Um, you know I've been able to work with Yahoo, World Cup, uh, the Super Bowl. I've been hired as an influencer in in many different realms, and you know I remember that word um, confusing me the very first time that it was ever presented to me. Uh, I was re- I was actually presented a wo- an award. Uh, I was the top twenty five social business influencers of the future by the Economist, and I remember my boss at the time came in. I was working at a data center, and he said. I don't know what this influencer thing is, but apparently you won an award and you get to go. They're going to fly you to a TED talk. And it's interesting for me because I actually don't have a problem with the word influencer. I have a problem with the misuse of the word influencer and the confusion around what an influencer is or who they are or where their role is in this entire you know space. Because I will tell you one thing. Um, that I will put out there is that you know just because someone is deemed an influencer, first of all, doesn't does not mean that they are actually influential. And just because someone is deemed an influencer by people that are that are influential, doesn't mean they've actually done their research on that person. And so the the piece of that's really interesting on the on that one side of that. The other side of it is we are all influenced by influencers every single day. And if you don't believe that, you're 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 smoking some really good stuff and you know you can puff puff pass it my direction. And what I mean by that is, you know, the places we go on vacation, the hotels that we stay at, um, the food that we eat, um, even like the diet that the last diet that you went on, um, where did you find out about that diet? Maybe it was trending on TikTok, maybe it was talked about in uh Instagram, maybe one of your favorite Facebook groups had brought it up. Well, guess what? That you are being influenced by either a group of people, uh, one individual person, or you know, um, even celebrities in, in that sense, right? Celebrity culture and where we're, we're at in this whole space. But there is a huge difference between someone being a um, a quote unquote thought leader, and I don't think thought leader is a bad uh, terminology either, right? I think it's so funny. We like to say like, oh, the word community gives me the creeps. No, it does not, and it should not. The problem is that people are misusing it. And we caveat what, you know, when, when I, when I think about a great community, if it's caveated with the concept of, well, we all know that community has come a buzzword, but by simply starting the phrase out there, you've diminished those that are actually building community. Right. And I, and I think it's the same um, with influencers. And I will just tell you, you know, people talk about, you know, you know, having a big audience and its impact. I will say, you know, I know that, you know, the, you know, 150,000 followers I have on, on Twitter, you know, a quarter million followers across all social channels. 
um, I know that 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 gives me um, some level of, of credibility, um, maybe you know, warranted or not warranted. Um, it also gives me um, some kind of a, assumed privilege. I, I often joke with people uh, that you know, just let me tweet it out. I can almost guarantee I'll get a response. Now, the funny thing about that is we we know that that you know because of that, there are things like bots. Right. And so there, there's been bots around to buy followers since I've been on social media. Right. The idea of buying followers is not new. Um, buying Twitter face squatters, right? you can buy if you, you can actually pay for people to listen, in, you know, 50 people to listen in on a Twitter space for two hundred and fifty dollars, I think is what someone said. It was uh, the going the going rate on that. Right. Like that's not new either. Clubhouse had that Clubhouse had people that were botting Clubhousers. Um, I know live streamers that would actually pay um, through these like uh, engagement farms that when they would go live on Periscope, they would pay like five hundred bucks. And they would it would be pushed out into this network of a thousand bots that would log in so that the live stream would look like it has a thousand people watching it. Right. And and that's the problem with vanity metrics, such as number of followers or um, number of likes or number of views on a video. But let's be honest, that does influence us in many ways. Think about the, the when next time. The next time you open up Instagram, the next time you listen to a podcast, you find if you're looking for a new podcast, if a podcast doesn't have any reviews, podcast only has five episodes. If a person, you know, if a video is coming down your feed and you see that that video only has a certain amount of views, are you more likely or less likely to watch it? I'm going to tell you, you're, you're less likely to watch it, right? So the vanity metrics do play a role in you know what we look at when it comes to influence but an influencer is not an influencer just based on having a lot of views because influence should be and has been and must be actually linked to the idea of actions that are able to be taken based on that trust that someone has and i always considered it a trust triangle but one of the things I want us to think about, you know, and and this is the the hard part of this, right? Is that, you know, in this space or in this you know kind of world we're in right now with Web three, especially in early adoption culture, a lot of decisions are made. A lot of people um, base their decisions based on maybe one or two trusted actions, right? Uh, and I and I actually had this. I I, I pushed back on somebody in London. I'm not going to call them out, uh, but she knows who she is. She said, Brian, I can't believe you're not a big fan of this person. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I just don't know them like you do. Like, how did you first, you know, uh, find that person or establish trust with that person? And they said, well, actually, you know, I was in a clubhouse room uh, a year ago and Gary V gave him a shout out. And so I, I went and looked at his profile, thought he was pretty impressive and started following him. And I was like, okay. And I was like, any idea on how much research Gary did on that person or how many people on average does Gary uh, shout out. And I also asked, you know, when you think about that person and when you talk to others, you know, how many people trust that person versus how many people just assume that person is trustworthy because they have other people in their circle that call that person out. And to me, that's a big problem in this space. One of the other things that I learned as an influencer myself is that there is oftentimes a a jealousy. There is oftentimes uh, a desire to say must be nice. There's oftentimes um, people that make assumptions, right? And, and I know this for a fact, right? I have people 
pretty regularly over the last year that assumed that, you know, maybe I bought my followers. Um, there are people that assumed the only reason that, you know, uh, you know, someone called me out or someone, you know, Gary V, only reason Gary V mentioned me um, in a Twitter space was because of the number of followers I have. And and the funny thing about that is, you know, I was verified on Twitter in 2015. Uh, Gary V followed me on Twitter in 2014. Uh, I had less than 2,000 followers at the time uh, when Gary V followed me on, on Twitter, just to make things kind of crystal clear here. And so it's funny because these assumptions are often made because there are bad actors in the space. And so I don't blame any of us for kind of thinking of that. But here's the thing that I want us to kind of like examine um, when it comes to, you know, what this all means and how all this kind of goes together. The question is, you know, when you ask, when someone, you know, provides word of mouth or someone talks about what's going on or who, who they, who, why they made a decision. One of the things we don't often do is that we don't often drill another layer down. And this became very apparent for me in the uh, influencer space uh, around social media marketing and social media marketing agencies. Um, I would often talk to people and they would say, Brian, oh, this is, this is the best social media agency to go with. You should send your, your customers there. Well, then I would send my customers there because the person that told me that I trust. And the agency would be complete crap. They would suck. They wouldn't even, you know, value the things that I value. And I would go back to that person and say, why did you recommend that agency? And it would often go as far as saying, well, I heard they were good or this person that I know that I really trust said that they use them. Or they'll say things like, well, they were awarded or rewarded or they worked with this brand. So I assume they were the best, right? And we know what assume assuming does, right? It makes an ass out of you and me. Haha, <laughs> dad jokes. Sorry, Drew. But I will tell you this. I'm going to share a couple of things that I, I think are important to know in this conversation. The one, the number one of thing is that influencers, the art of influence, is not going away because it's been here since the beginning of time, right? The idea of word of mouth marketing, the idea that we trust people more than a billboard, more than any marketing, and more than any sales, right? I tell people all the time, I love having a speaker website and having a speaker video reel, but you know who gets me gigs? Speakers get speakers gigs. Other keynote speakers are often approached by events they speak at and say, thanks so much for speaking at our event. We would love to have someone next year that talks about Web3. Who would you recommend? And they're like, oh, actually, I can recommend my boy Fanzo. He has a daily podcast on NFTs. Great speaker on Web3. Well, that person is going to reach out to me and say, hey, such and such recommended you. Would you send over your, your fee and, and the amount that, um, you know, that you charge, right? And so the funny thing about that is what I found was that even in the speaker space, a lot of times people were recommending other speakers that they had never seen in person. Now, I take a lot of pride in that I will not recommend a project, a person, a speaker, an event, a piece of software, unless I personally have used it. And if I am going to recommend it without that caveat, I'm going to make sure you know. I'll be like, you know what? I've never used the Monday.com app before, but I've heard lots of good things. And a couple other people that I've approached with the problem, they say they've used Monday.com. So you might want to check that out. Now, the the funny thing about this is that there is also an element of uh, not only who you trust, but why you trust and how long is someone trustworthy. One of the things that I've found in this NFT space is that a lot of people 
are not used to two different things, especially founders of NFT projects. They are not used to having an influx of money, and they are not used to having pressure and responsibility of actually executing on something or, you know, just say, delivering on their word. A lot of people are used to making promises in their day-to-day lives and not being held accountable for them. And in this space, and especially as influencers, we it there is nothing bigger to me than the Uncle Ben to Spider-Man quote, right? With great power comes great responsibility. Now, I believe influence, if done right, takes a long time to build, but could be lost or jeopardized with a simple tweet. Now, the funny thing about that is there are some people that are still influential right now in this space that have tweeted out some dumb things, have tweeted out some things that are you know unacceptable, that have that made claims, that have made statements, and then backed backed up on them. And I, for one, I'm big, I'm a big fan of giving people second chances, even third chances in many cases, right? But with each chance that I give someone, my guard goes up a little bit more, right? How much I trust them also goes up. And I will say this, if I could give any advice right now, if for those that are in this space, looking to decide who to trust, don't trust anyone based on someone else's recommendation right now in Web3. That sounds, that sounds pretty low for me, right? But what I mean by that is there are so many people right now that would recommend someone based on what that person did last year. What that, what, what that person, what the project that person is associated with. But the question is, what are they doing today? What have they done with that money or that influence or with that project since that time? So I actually think right now, like right now where we are at, right in a bear market in November of 2021, if you're or 2022, not 21, uh, please, I don't want to go back and do another 365. The other part of this that I would just say that, you know, that we have to also recognize is that. With a lot of influence or influence circles, there can be a lot of privilege and a lot of manipulation that is done, right? And I would say I've never dealt with this in my past. There's a lot of things I've dealt with when it comes to content marketing, influencer marketing, you know, being influenced as well as being an influencer. But one that I haven't dealt with as much is this insider privilege that exists, right? And I am, I for one, I can tell you, I am not on the inner circle of many of these conversations. And I've been told that, hey, if you owned a CryptoPunk or a Bored Ape, people would welcome you into some of these group chats that you would then have, you know, information or privilege uh, to be able to execute on. And the funny thing to me is, what does that say about that group? You know, they, they don't really value who I am or the trust that I've been building or the or the knowledge that I have, unless I have a JPEG that they 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 deem that it makes me worthy. And so, one of the things that I I think we have to just be very you know clear on is is right now is kind of like it should be the resetting of the guard. But what I do see happening right now in this space is that a lot of people that are part of those inner circles are locking down those inner circles. And trying to actually flex those inner circles because they're getting scared. They're starting to see people be exposed by who they are, what they're all about. The flip side of this is that there are people that I believe that are building right now that have launched projects in the last six months that know 10 times more than someone hosting the radio show on Monday through Friday. 
that know five times more than someone that launched a singular project last summer and hasn't really been active in any other project outside of their own in 12 months. There are a lot of people in this space right now that are researching, that are studying, that believe and and understand that importance of that trust. The other thing that I will tell you is that as an influencer, you know, I've been approached by many brands, many projects um, to do work, right? And and actually, even in this Web3 space, right, there's, a, I mean, I, I get inundated every single day with people that want to pay to be on the podcast or people that want to pay me to tweet out their their project or even people that want to pay me to become on their, you know, they don't even want me to advise them. They just want to use my name on their website. And I will tell you, you need to make that decision for yourself. We are all in our own, we are responsible for our own decisions as far as you know, what are we going, what are we willing to risk and how are we going to make money? I, I, I don't like uh, shaming or blaming someone that makes a decision based on the fact that, hey, I was presented this money and with this money, I'm going to make this decision because that money is going to change maybe the, the things I can do. It's going to allow me to afford things that I couldn't do. It's going to be a, allow me to get out from under the pressure that I'm in, whatever that may be. I, I think that, hey, you make to each their own. But the truth about this on the flip side of this is you must own those decisions and choices that you make. And I will say in this space right now, I believe what is lacking is that true accountability and our desire to actually hold people accountable. And I will just tell you that, you know, one of the things that you can do um, as far as, you know, where this whole space goes is that we need to be better at asking questions and challenging observations, challenging some of our assumptions. Just because someone is on an advisory board of a Web3 tool does not mean you should take their advice. Just because someone has been was on the team that helped sell out an NFT project six months ago does not mean they would be the right fit for your team. I mentioned this trust triangle earlier, and I probably should just do like a mastermind or something on this topic because The trust triangle is really where my sweet spot is. And what I mean by that is for me, I have to make sure that all three sides of the trust triangle are optimized for my influence to be most effective. What I mean by that is, is that if I'm getting hired by a project or a brand, that brand or project A needs to trust me and I need to trust them. B, we must both identify and share a version of success because everybody knows you must define success. We must share in that vision of success. And then we also must recognize that what I can do, what I can provide, what I can make happen in this, in this relationship is that I have an audience that they do not have or that they might have, but that is not currently trusted. And I have enough trust with that current audience that they want to reach that I could actually, through my actions, through that partnership, be able to not only use that trust, but leverage that trust so that those people will then trust that brand. Now, the other corner, the other side of this triangle is that I must, A, understand where my trust is with my audience. There are a lot of people that have a lot of, a lot of people listen to the podcasts, A lot of people in this space will tell me, Brian, I listen to a lot of other podcasts and I've never bought an NFT from another podcast like I have from yours. 
And I take great pride in that. And I, I'll say, why do you think that is? And they're like, well, Brian, you're you're transparent. You you put things out there. Um, you also, you know, you've been very honest about like what you don't, you know, buy or what you do buy, and even the mistakes that you've made. And I will tell you on the on the flip side of this, right? I actually look at that as a um, you know as a also a great opportunity and lesson and learn because one of the things that I have to I have to continually check myself is that. Would I rather have 1 million downloads of the podcast or 100,000 people that trust me and my brand and my team based on the content that we're putting out? Would I have rather have 100,000 people that trust me or a million downloads every month of the podcast, right? Because let's be clear, a million downloads is going to put my podcast on the front page of the of the Apple search results, and I'm probably going to get more exposure, which might mean more leads and more more uh, you know opportunity to speak and and generate relationships and even you know, get involved in projects. So it's not a cut and dry answer, right? And but one of the things that I look at this is is like we have to really understand that like what are those goals and what does that mission look like? I will tell you where we're at right now in this space is that most people, and I'm not going to say all, but most are not really sure why they're trusted or who they trust. And in some cases, people only retweet or trust or engage with somebody because they're a founder in a project where they have a big bag of. And to me, that is super dangerous. Because when that person doesn't deliver, or maybe that project is no longer your ideal project, we have to ask ourselves, do we still trust that founder? Are we still someone, is that someone we want to work with? And it actually can go the flip side as well. Right, just because an NFT project is amazing and it has great utility, great community, you love the other holders. What if the 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 founder is sporadic and chaotic and not trustworthy? What does that mean for your you know your investment of time and money into that NFT project? The last thing I will share is that if you are someone now that people are looking to, and many people that are listening to this podcast, I know that you, any of you are trusted resources for your communities. And, and in many cases, you're a trusted resource for me. I, I know a lot of my our, our, you know, most regular listeners are people that I look up to in, um, in this space and in many other spaces as well. And here's one of the things that I just want to put out there is that you know, having influence is not as sexy or as cool or as easy as most would think. Because it's important to have a strong opinion as an influencer, right? Not to be polarizing. I hate when people say that, but you know, polarizing does generate, does generate views. But what I'm going to advise you on or what to understand is that you want to make sure that you can, that you want to, you have a stand and you, you stand behind your beliefs and you have your own things that you will not jeopardize your trust. But you also have to recognize with more influence comes more people that you will piss off, more people that you will alienate, more people that will challenge you. And in many cases, that can create pressure and anxiety. It can, it can invoke feelings that you've never had to deal with before. And I'm here to tell you, it's okay if those feelings confuse you, overwhelm you, or scare you. Because for many of us, all of these things have such high repercussions, high uh, impact that we should take these serious. I mean, I will tell you, I stress so damn much on this podcast about the guests I bring on and the projects I talk about. Every single one of them, I want to make sure that I'm doing my very best. I will not guarantee we've had some guests on this podcast that I no longer trust. 
we have some projects that I've talked about on this podcast that eventually their true colors exposed and I realized they weren't who they say they were. But I am a thousand percent confident. I I could say this with a thousand percent conviction that at the time when I'm making the decisions I'm making, especially when it comes to using my platforms, either video, audio, or Twitter, I take extreme responsibility for that influence and power that I do have. And the, the tough part of that is we have to also recognize that we are all human. We will make mistakes. And we have to sometimes give people some grace. And in some cases, we have to recognize that the small mistakes they make don't jeopardize their bigger piece of the puzzle. But in other cases, those small mistakes that they make that start to shine through might actually be telling you a bigger story than what's really out there. There's a lot of stuff going on right now in the world around us, right? We have midterm elections here in the United States. We have the FTX uh, crash with Binance is going to looking to buy FTX. And I'm looking at the FTT coin right now and it's just plummeting. Uh, we have the Powerball glitch. Uh, we had, uh, you know, Solana, I believe, dropped, uh, you know, the, even the Utes project, which I hold a Ute, um, you know, that dropped in, within you know, one person's tweet, it dropped uh, 16 Solana um, after within 30 minutes of one person's tweet. And I would just say, like, all of this is about influence, speculation and trust. Right. Do you trust FTX anymore? Do you trust SBF, Sam, you know, uh, you know, Ford? Do you trust the, you know, the powers that be? And I will just say part of what I love about Web3 is that it should be about our actions it should be about no one central entity having all control. And ultimately, we should be able to carve out our own circle of trust and build out our own triangle of influence. That we should no longer be controlled by the platforms or by certain people. And I hope that I can inspire so many of you that are listening to this right now. I want you to ask more questions, to challenge. When someone recommends an NFT project, Go back on them and drill into what's the utility, what's the community, what have you got out of it, why do you recommend it? Ask questions, be curious, because this right now is the time that we can spend getting to know people, understanding who the hell to trust. Because in the very near future, we're going to have more people flooding into this space. We're going to have more projects coming in. We are going to, we will enter a bull run and a bull market. And I will promise you this, you will be thankful if right now, you take the opportunity to re-examine every single relationship you have in this space and decide how trustworthy are they? What are the things that they need to do today, tomorrow, and in the future to maintain that trust? And then ultimately, the, the thing I will, will kind of leave us on for this episode is that we also have to trust ourselves, the technology around us, and recognize that even with great data, great information, and a shitload of research, it doesn't mean that you're perfect and that every decision that you make is going to be the best one. But the thing that I hold myself to is that I'm pretty damn confident that at the time I've been making decisions, especially since I've been in Web3, all of the decisions I've made from launching ADHD coin on Rally to leaning into the podcast over launching an NFT project to dropping our NFTs on Rally to you know me using a centralized wallet and my wallet getting compromised, I, I am... I am extremely confident that at the time I made the decisions that I did make, they were the best decisions 
based on the data I had, based on the trust that I had and the and the the goals that I had in those moments. And for that, it's what makes it easy for me to sleep at night. It, what, what excites me about the power of being influential or having people that trust me based on my actions and the things that I do. And I will tell you, um, you know, this isn't touting or, or flexing, but there are NFT projects that sold out only because of me. There are NFT projects that their five or six biggest whales all came because those people came to me and asked me about that project. And based on the trust they have with me, they jumped into that project. And I say that because the reason that I, 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 am, I am not afraid to say that is because I am not afraid to admit that it doesn't matter if I have a podcast or no podcast, if I have uh, a giant following or no giant following, that for me, there is nothing more valuable, more important than the trust that I have with you, the listener, with you, the audience. And the idea that all of you remember that I am not perfect. I am human. I cannot control anything outside of myself. But I will promise you this. You will get 100% of who I am always. You will be able to trust in the fact that if I make a mistake, I will own it. If I am aligned and partnered with a project, I will tell you about it and be extremely transparent. And for that, I hope you continue to trust me and come with me on this journey. And together, let's let's try to figure out and cut through the noise, and let's uh, not let people th- become you know the the voice of this amazing space and industry that we are a part of. Let's not let them become the leaders based on something they did in 2021, or based on the fact that a bunch of flipper 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 crypto boys said that that person was smart or that person was trustworthy or that person was the greatest thing since sliced bread. As always, my friends, I appreciate each of you spending time on the podcast, listening to what we have to say here. If you would share out the podcast to your audience, that would be amazing. Make sure you do hit subscribe. Um, we are doing some fun things for November 11th. Um, if it is after November 11th, I know many of you listen to it. You know, we get, a, you know, I think we get, you know, close to 15,000 or 1,500 to 2,000 uh, you know, listen to the podcast, uh, over seven days after the podcast is recorded. Uh, and I will just tell you this, you know, we are, we're not going anywhere, you know, come back, check around what we're up to. Uh, season two is going to be a heck of a lot of fun as well. And ultimately, you know, we are in this journey together and I, and I do believe that, you know, we is greater than me. And the goal of this episode is not to FUD others, but hopefully to spark some curious curiosity. Cause I, for one, I'm also going to take on that challenge and ask more questions, be more curious, and hopefully build that circle of trust like the fuckers and be ready for that next bear run, next bull run. Until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. The Mint 365 Collection 100-Day Countdown is on. We're counting down to November 11th when we'll auction off all 365 NFTs as one collection, including a custom mosaic of all the art. Want to bid on this one-of-a-kind Web3 time capsule? For details, keep listening to NFT 365.